Welcome to Social Worker Wine Time. You bring the cheese. We have the wine. We're here to share with you shit they don't tell you in social work school, stories about being helpers. When it comes to medical social work, we have seen and heard it all. During our episodes, we want to share some stories, laugh about them, talk to other helping professionals about their stories, and then laugh about those too. We're going to make light of all the humorous happenings and bizarre encounters in our day-to-day life. We are also working moms and wives, and we'll probably share some of our funny parenting and marriage stories that occur in our lives as well. Our purpose is to use humor to encourage those in the helping professions and working moms and wives. Welcome back to Social Worker Wine Time. I'm Meredith. And I'm Christina. And we have our ever loyal co-host, our third co-host, Tom. Tom wanted to bring along a few friends today. So he brought a couple of kids, you know, goats, kids. So he brought some of those to say hi. Because, you know, everybody loves kids, baby goats, kids, you know, same thing. And then he brought along some friends as well. So you'll probably hear from them throughout the episode just for some comic relief as we discuss our topic today. We thought we would talk about internships today, social work internships helping professional internships, counseling internships, just all the different kinds of experiences you have as you're going through your education to become a helping professional. So if you have any good internship experiences, whether it's nursing internships or social work internships or dietary internships, whatever you have that you've done an internship with, please share us share with us on our social media pages or on our email. We will give you all the details in the episode description on how you can share with us your intern stories. Of course, if they're funny, that's bonus points, but they don't have to be funny. They could just be unique. Um, I've got a few of both. I'm sure that Christina does as well. Mm -hmm. Definitely. I mean, we spend what a whole semester alone being an intern, just getting your bachelor's degree and then master's you get what 20 hours a week I don't even remember what that adds up to it was a lot continue on after I feel like I feel like we do a lot of internships Mm -hmm. I don't even want to call it like it's volunteering you're not interning you're volunteering you are being (laughs) their bitch yeah I was gonna say it's free freaking labor man like yeah yeah and they have no problem using you. And mm-hmm. I will say this. I learned a lot from my internship. Now, but with that being said, I did take a lot on my own. So, like, I, I was a free bird after, like, three weeks. Should I have been? Mm, hell no. But um, at the time, 
when I was doing my internship, it was very simple. There was no computer training. It was all charting in, a, in an actual paper chart. Who does that anymore, right? And um, it was very, I, I did assisted discharge planning. Like I went in and I met them because most of my hours were in the afternoon or on the weekends. And to be quite honest, it doesn't take a scientist to call a skilled nursing facility and place a referral and fax something. Um, Wait a minute. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> you underestimate some of my interns. Oh, okay. Well, this is true because my sister had to do um, like 20 hours just to kind of see if that's like the route she wanted to go for her internship. And the person that I did my internship with, I stayed very close with, and she said that she could help her out. I received a text message from my sister trying to figure out how to use a fax machine. Because <laughs> <laughs> she was too embarrassed to ask, because prior to, she never used anything in the office. So, you know, she worked as, um, she worked at like an assisted living facility. Um, yeah. So. They never yeah. used fax machines in her practicing that she did prior to going into social work and whatnot. So, yes, yes, I agree. It's it's uh, you, you you that's one of the first things you have to learn: copy your fax. All that. Yeah, stuff. it's yeah. now like a requirement. Like now, as you know, now I'm a supervisor and whatnot, and I have people that report up to me. And part of their orientation to the office when we worked in the office was I had to show them how to use the fax machine. Yeah. I'm oh, like, yeah. this should just be, you should just know how to do this. Well, but nobody, especially, I'm going to be a little ageist here, but especially like millennials or younger like they just are like what's a fax machine like we just email stuff well no sometimes you still fax stuff in in the helping field in the healthcare field or the social work field and we were taught very like my first month of my actual social work classes they said like you will not have an assistant there's no budget for an assistant you will do all your own clerical work and you have to figure it out yep and I think some of the challenges, now granted, I worked in a pretty large hospital. Well, I say worked, but I interned, but then I did work for that hospital. But, um, but when I interned, you know, if you worked on the weekends, it was shorter staff. So you really didn't have somebody there necessarily on the floor with you. And I was divided up between a couple of floors. So I had to learn everybody oh, and I yeah. had to learn where their fax machine was, where like, I mean, you pretty much had to come prepared for yourself. Like you had to bring your own office. <laughs> it was like you were moving in for the day. Oh, yes. <laughs> and then moved out mm -hmm. <laughs> and then came back six days later. Right. But we had, um, I had kind of floated in one of my jobs when I first got there. I wasn't an intern, but I was pretty brand new. And as an employee, they treat you less like they'll actually give you a little less help than they do when you're an intern. Right. And so I was kind of left to figure all that out myself. And yeah, I had to, I floated to different units every single day for like months and months and months. And I was pretty much homeless. Like I had to have my whole office, like in my 
clipboard or in my folder mm -hmm. and right and then where they keep the forms is different on every unit and oh my goodness but you know what people i i've heard people complain about it i have a couple of coworkers now who complain about it and i said you know what though i'm a really good social worker as a result of that like i am very flexible mm -hmm. you can throw mm -hmm. me anywhere and i can figure it out like i yep. i feel like it's definitely made me a better employee yeah no i definitely i had like a traveling office and like even now um I have people reach out to me just because I've worked in the system for so long. Mm -hmm. Like even prior to being a social worker, I worked for the same system, right? Right. So I got to learn people in the physician's offices, the home care, you know, the home care offices across, you know, the area. So I got to learn a lot of people and I have a lot of contacts. So it's like one of the things I always carried my little red book around, mm -hmm. you know, and it's funny. I just, found my um cheat sheet from when I was an intern and it's like the most folded uh um ratty old piece of paper because it was the one tool I had um that I kept in my lab coat pocket I didn't even put it in my clipboard because I needed to use that on almost every, mm -hmm. every, every call or whatever um so it was nice but yeah but you know there are interns that are not they just don't fit. The mold. Now, did you intern by yourself or did you intern with others? So yes and no. So um, there was one girl that was with the school with me and um, she was much older than I, like she was, there was probably a 30 year age difference between us or close to it. Mm -hmm. um, and then there were two other three other interns, um, two with one other, two, those three were of different universities. So there was only one that I can truly like mesh with because her and I were at the same level and same, same program and going through the same process and everything like that. But we really didn't interact much because they basically shuffled us all off because there was five of us that one person took a floor and the other person took a floor and then so we weren't really like buddy system right so you were kind of by yourselves almost yeah yeah but interning at the same time right okay right so we got to kind of learn from each other um and we would sometimes pick up you know like if the one person didn't work that day one of us would follow suit the next day so we could kind of like do like a handoff the night before right in case that person wasn't working but for most like we were on our own we were little birds we were the harem of our instructor and yeah. you know when there was like a big event like um you know like codes and things like that that we generally would respond to like when it was our first one she brought us to it so that we could see the process for it Right. But it still felt weird. Like here we are like as spectators, like we should be paying for this. I don't know. It was just very, very weird. But um, I mean, you just kind of had to know it. Yeah. You were kind of thrown in. Yeah. And I yeah. think after three weeks, I was a free bird. I was doing my thing. I know. I think I shadowed like now I did my internship in a totally different field. It, it was a social worker, but it wasn't healthcare. Well, I, I lied. I did one internship in healthcare and one not, 
And the internship that I didn't do in healthcare, I learned that I much would rather be in healthcare. So that kind of helped shape some of my choices after that. But mm-hmm. um, I was, I was did a, a, a field or a section of the field that does home visits. And I feel like I shadowed like maybe three or four home visits. And then they were like, okay, here's your caseload, peace. And I was like, Meh, what do I do? And I had a great supervisor and she was very helpful. And I would call her like on my way to home visits all the time. And she definitely walked me through it or whatever. But I, at the moment, like when they're like, okay, here you go. And you're like, oh my God, like I'm not a grown up yet. I can't do this. Yeah, I've only stuck with the same, my internships have always been across the board all in the medical field. Now, I will say, as I was sitting in class and I, and people were telling me these stories of their internships, I'm like, I don't want to do that. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. Because, I mean, you know, in college you make friends and I'm still very close with my core group of friends that I made in school and because of social network we kind of stay together and we actually network with each other and utilize each other sometimes because we are in different we're in total different spectrums but I would not do some of the stuff these people do like Mm -hmm. the one girl was like I think it was her first or around the time that like we kind of were all the new baby birds and we were going out and doing our first things on our own. Mm-hmm. And you always remember that first one you did. Like I literally had like a lump in my throat, but this girl was like, I did my first home visit and I don't want to ever want to do one again. Um, she's like, she went in and she said the three things she took note of that she told everybody, she goes, if you do home visits, don't ever sit on a couch. Yes. No couch cushion. She's like, you always sit on hard services hard. because the whole rest of the day, her pants were soaking wet and she still didn't. And she was like, I don't know if it was water, Kool-Aid or piss. She's like, but my pants were wet. And, um, you know, obviously lock your belongings in your trunk and things like that. But, you know, like, I'm not going and doing that. Yeah. Mm-mm. Even in a hospital room, like, I didn't... I, I can maybe count on my hand how many times I sat on the patient's bed. Oh yeah. Very few. Very like, yeah. Even now, 15 years later, maybe five times, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Probably more like three. Mm-hmm. And, and one of and, them might've been my grandmother. Right. Right. Like you Ugh. just don't, Oh no, you just, you just don't, but there are times where you feel that it is appropriate because of the circumstance that is there. Oh, absolutely. But as an intern, you learn very quickly. Not to well, and now we have those like tiny stools that you can slide real close to the bed without being in it. And you can really oh, like, see, we didn't have stools. Yeah. You can really like, you know, put your arms on them or, you know, kind of like give them some handhold or, you know, like, especially for an end of life patient or a, a very demented right. patient or a patient who's crying you want to show some, you know, physical connection at times. And it's usually holding their hand or adjusting their blanket or giving them some sort mm-hmm. of comfort. But yes, it's mm-hmm. very, it's much more convenient now. They, they have hard surface stools that you can sit on that are. Now, are those the ones that, because I was always lucky, like that we had hard chairs. Do they have the, uh, are these the stools? Because my nurses had like folding stools that they stuck on their wows. 
Yeah, they're kind of like that. They're kind of like that, but now they're in. There's one in each room. That's smart. Mm -hmm. I would be afraid to break it. And they hang on the back of the door. (laughs) Apparently, the hospital um, scores are better when the the staff sits with you. I kind of agree with that. Right, like so the the people will will say in their survey, oh, so-and-so sat down and talked to me and they feel like you're staying longer even if you aren't. That's how I felt about wow. Yeah. Yeah. So my but first- what are some of your, in- yeah, I was going to say, what are your in- intern stories? I'm sure you've got some good ones. So my first day as an intern, well- of my second internship. Okay. So it was not my first internship ever, but it was still my first internship in a while because I did my internship, graduated, went right back to school. So I didn't work much in between, like very little, like a couple months maybe. And my first day of my second internship, which was my first healthcare internship, mind you, I was in the emergency room of a hospital that was in a kind of rural area, like you wouldn't think so by where it was, but it kind of was. So there was one other hospital, like 15 minutes away, but they were more like the city hospital and we were Mm. like the county Mm -hmm. hospital, right? Like it was just what it was. And they were the trauma center and they had all the bells and whistles, right? And they did all the big city stuff and the big trauma alerts and accidents. But we were like the literally the only other hospital for about two hours in any direction didn't matter north oh, south you got a lot north south east west we were the only hospital there was two of us my hospital and the other one in a two hours in any direction so we would get transferred in the stick kind of we would get transfers from the hospitals in the sticks because my little podunk hospital actually could do more than theirs and that's rare and that was two hours from us no less by the way like it was it was a very interesting anyway so you get anything and everything which was a great experience though because like literally we were a step up we weren't the trauma center but we were a step up from the next closest hospital which is really creepy because there was no we had no business being a step up So anyway, my first day I was, we went into a room to do like an assessment on a guy who was getting admitted and our assessments were usually just a typical word you come from, what supports do you have, right? The whole nine. And we usually write down their admitting diagnosis and his admitting diagnosis was something about skin cancer or, or some sort of weird sort of cancer and stuff that I didn't understand at the time because I was new, my first Mm -hmm. medical experience. Well, we get in there and apparently he had, he was a recluse and he never left his house and he had skin cancer on his arm that ate away at his whole arm and he had maggots in the arm. Yes. Yes, if you could see Christina's face right now, you would, you would um, be able to understand why. Um, 
and I had never like I'm literally like what 21 22 like young and it stunk because it was the maggots were eating the rotting flesh right and they couldn't take the maggots out until after he went to surgery because they were actually keeping you know like they were eating the the rotting flesh so they were doing a good job of cleaning the arm out oh my gosh so let me tell you what uh, what I learned that day remember how you said um that one of your coworkers learned don't ever sit on anything unless it's a hard surface right mm-hmm. I learned that if you put cherry chapstick underneath your nose it will help with the smell of rotting flesh so don't put it on your lips put it like underneath your nose like you would Vicks you could probably use Vicks too but that clears your nose so I would be afraid that it would <laughs> you right you would like rotting flesh up the nose so I tell this to all my interns Cher- carry a cherry chapstick in your work pocket it is very very important a little different now because we all wear masks but um yes very important mm. and so that that really helped because I then it didn't smell so bad and we were able to actually interview him oh I couldn't do it it is terrible. The smells that you smell. It's like you, it's embedded in your brain. Oh, yeah. It's like burnt skin. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. cannot, you cannot, even after like days, you can still smell burnt skin. I almost oh. am thankful for allergy season when like I'm congested and I can't smell stuff because it makes life working in the healthcare field a lot easier. Um, so that was my, my weirdest intern story, like being an intern story, especially being yeah. the first day. Oof. See, oh yeah. I just, I always, <clears throat> the things I remember is like my instructor, you know, you kind of learn as you go. And I think you're kind of the same spot I'm at like you just kind of say what is on your mind and you're at the point where you know that the person's bullshitting you Mm -hmm. versus when you're like really green you're not quite sure and you feel really bad for the person and you have to believe them and you just really believe them and your heart's melting for them and you're just kind of like no look there are those people that are telling you that they're bullshitting you they are totally bullshitting you and if you come off as this very like soft sweet they're going to try to pull you in. Oh yeah. So like I had never thought in a million years I would ever see a patient handcuffed to a bed. Yep. I learned that real quick that that happened. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, and how many patients are discharged to the jail? <laughs> like I never. Those are I my favorite. There was zero discharge planning needed. I know, but like for whatever reason, it was like my floor for like a month. It was like that's where they all were going. And I'm like, I mean, I guess it's a good thing you don't have to plan anything, but it's like mm-hmm. so eerie when you walk up and you're like, oh my God, like there's cops <laughs> hanging out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you're like, okay, well, I don't need to go in there. But, um, but my, instructor just said whatever and I never I'm like I'll never be like that but now as an as 
a not so green. Like I come up with this stuff and people look at me and I'm like, I'm sorry. Like <laughs> I get where you're coming from. And one day you're going to say the same thing that just came out of my mouth. Right. Like you just, it just happens. Like, I don't know if I ever brought this up, but there was, um, you know, they, people fight, they don't want to go home, especially right. if their home is like a shitty situation. Right. Well, this one patient I had gone in, I had interviewed and I'm like, they don't want to leave. And I, I was still under supervision, like true supervision. Like I was probably in like week three, week four. And this person did not want to leave. And my, I, I went in the field instructor and I'm like, look, like the nurses are handing him papers. He's saying no. He was an amputee, like not, it wasn't a new, like he was legit in for a different reason but he like had a um, history right right like he had like a um above the knee i think or something like that so i'm standing in the hall because she goes okay watch this and i'm standing in the hall and you know who you oh yeah stories of who i have and she's this funky lady and we all wear lab coats you know because we gotta look cool with our lab coats and her lab coat was very flowy and I see her walking and it's like, it is literally like, I can see it clear as day. She's walking in and she says, so I hear you don't want to leave. Well, you need to hop out of here. And I am mortified because I'm like, he has one leg. Hop. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> and he like, she, she said a couple of other things, but I couldn't get past the fact that she's like, you need to hop out of here. <laughs> and she came out and I looked at her and we went and her office was like wrapped like literally like an L shape from the room we were in and I'm walking in like completely like I can't believe she just said that and she <laughs> looks at me and I'm like he only has one leg <laughs> and she just looks at me and is like he needed to go. And I was like, but he only has one leg. <laughs> but at that point, it registered like, you just need to kind of get him out. And mm -hmm. I probably would not have done that tactic even now. Right. But I might not have used the word hop. With the I would not have back. used the word hop. I probably would have said, you need to roll out like something, you know, <laughs> roll like, in his wheelchair. <laughs> in his wheelchair, you gotta roll out somehow isn't there know, a song like that yeah yep i you know but we're I gonna have to use that song for this episode yeah we will have to use that one i will never forget that but um there were many a times like i i think i a lot of the cases i had because it wasn't a med search floor it wasn't um it was just kind of like it was the floor where everybody went if they would just have like I don't know, just, they were sick. Like it wasn't anything. Like med telly or med. Red, yeah. yeah, it wasn't, I don't, I don't even know if we had telly. Huh. Like it was just met, like, I don't know. It was just a mixture of people. That's where they always put the interns. It's like that dump floor where they dump everybody. Yeah, basically. And then we had like the overflow floor that we utilized only for a short period of time, just, you know, during the season or whatnot. But, um, but yeah, we never really had, we had a lot of the drug abusers. Yeah. 
on our floor. And that was hard too, like learning that because like, I just felt bad. I'm like, well, remember yeah. the episode? I forget what, oh, I can look right now. Cause I have it open. What number it was about. Um, let's see. Uh, creepy crawly, the creepy crawly episode. That was mm-hmm. episode nine. Um, that was my spider bite guy. Yes. That was, was that at the, the end one? of my internship. Hold on. But was that the one where, oh no, here it is. The itsy bitsy spider did not crawl up your arm and bite. Right. That's the one. That's episode 12. And that's where we talk about the spider bites that were not really spider Mm -hmm. bites. And like, I agree with you. Like as an intern, like I would have been like, like, oh, Mm -hmm. she got bit by a spider. But now 15 years later, I'm like, okay, so that needle did not fall out of the couch into your AC and inject you with oxy. Okay. Right. Well, see, in that, that case was like probably close to the end of my internship. And that's when I kind of started getting some balls with people. Yeah. But like your first few weeks, you're just like, I cannot have this conversation. Like, yeah. Yeah. I'm like, I, I'm not going to be able to do this. Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, like, I just feel bad for all of them. Now I'm just like, oh my God, another one. Speaking of. <laughs> I just um, learned your lesson. Speaking of interns who could not do this, I had one who like literally could not, like I could not with her was really part of the problem. She had just graduated from one of my alma maters because I went to two different colleges and it made me so sad because I loved both of my schools and I thought they were both really good. And the fact that she like put them to shame because of the way that she was. And so like, I would say, okay, these are your three assessments that you have to do for the day. I didn't trust interns with discharges. I just didn't. I, but it was, that's a me thing, right? Like I have a control problem and I just, especially new ones though, I didn't feel comfortable. And so I would give her three or four, um, assessments and she would kind of go, oh, and sigh like before she left to go do them and I'm like as an intern you should be kissing my butt you should be worshiping the ground that I walk on like I hold the future of your career basically in my hands here right like I feel like you should at least try to be nice and she used to doodle like how much she loved her boyfriend slash fiance slash husband you know as time went on they got married during the internship or whatever and he had like a weird name like it wasn't just like john or joe it was like basil like his name was fucking basil it's um, it's not really that but for example and so like she would literally write that like all over her paperwork like everywhere now in a meeting you will catch me making some weird crazy shape of you know and i'll color in an adult coloring book no problem but I'm not writing like, Oh, I love my husband. Like we're not in eighth grade. Like we're just not like, I don't mm-mm, no way. So and any of the doodles that I do, they don't even make sense. Like I'm not doodling like a person or a thing or a scene. I, I'm just like making lines in different shapes to keep my mind focused on the meeting. So then one day I came in from doing my own work to the office that we shared. And it was, it was a tight space. Like I get it, but we got her a laptop. She kind of shared the corner of my desk. She had her own chair. She had her fucking feet on my desk, Christina, 
on my desk, like feet up on my desk. And so then now I'm sitting in the intern chair because she was using mine. And again, I'm fine. Like I'm out on the floor for hours. Sometimes I don't care if you use my chair, my desk, my computer, whatever. But like what I put your feet on it. When I come in, put your fucking feet down. At least act like you got caught and put your fucking feet down. Don't just leave them there. Then my boss walks in and she still doesn't take them down. I was mortified. Like I wanted to hit her, but then I was like, like, you know, like you would hit your child, like smack their leg, right? Like put your damn legs down. Mm-hmm. But it's I didn't want to get, you know, in trouble for like violating her personal space. But like I really wanted to just smack them. And like say put them the hell down and just think now you could totally skype her or something and be like get your feet off my desk right <sighs> oh so yeah that was that was tough and never ever ever have i ever given an internship an intern like a fail grade or a like don't pass this person or don't let them graduate but i had to for her i just had to i couldn't do it i said you need to find another internship and start over because this is not the place for you yeah there was an intern um my sister had as a like he this person was in her grade and did miserable in her internship and then when I started working I found out this person was interning with the person I interned should I give you a heads up I don't know how this person survived like legit I don't know how this person survived I had one who had just graduated, right? So just finished his internship. He was fresh. He was new. Nice guy. Like wanted to do well, wanted to work hard. Like he really did. I'll give him that. But he just couldn't. Like no matter how many times I would give him the same can of case over and over, it just never clicked in. Yes. And so twice, not while he was an intern, thank God, because he had just, you know, he was an orientee and I was, teaching him how to do the job but so it wasn't my responsibility completely at least but twice during his orientation or shortly after this orientation phase one time he sent um someone back to nursing home without calling to see if they had a bed available set up transport and everything just sent him and the nursing home's like what the hell we don't you know we weren't expecting him we don't have room we don't have meds whatever and then, um, yes. Oh, and then he sent somebody else before they had a three-night stay for Medicare. And, like, you know, some of that's on the nursing home because they didn't ask, right? Right. But a lot of that's on him. And the system is easy. Like, it says how many days they've been there. Right. hmm Yeah. Oh. So my issue, like my interns that I have now, it's very different. And I feel in the setting that I'm in, they don't get the true experience. And I don't think they're set up like they should be. Yeah. And um, there, we had this one intern who I had met when I first started at my current job. And um, when I was I just was taking on cases or whatnot, and I like was her cheerleader during the whole time of going to school. And um, 
like I brought in a bottle of sparkling champagne when she graduated, like not champagne, Welch's grape juice, but like yeah, yeah. we, I made a big deal out of it. Nobody else did, but I made a big deal out of it. So she would always call on me and ask me questions and she'd be like, well, how do you do this? Or how do you know this? Or how do you do? And I'm thinking to myself, I'm not a field instructor. Like I have no problem helping. I will never say no to somebody that's asking for help. Right. But but I'm thinking to myself, like, did they not help you with this? Like, did they not set you up? And, you That's know, possible. I, I just feel like some of these people that are field instructors don't set them up the right way. Like, I feel, yes, my field instructor that I had was very quirky and did things very oddly. But I feel she set me up so that I am able to manage those things. Absolutely. And I, and I mean, I've worked with some of the people that you have interned. Right. Like that have gone under your internship. And I'm like, oh my God, it's like a breath of fresh air. Right. Cause it's hard work. Like it's it not just a joke to, to train an intern and you have to right. really guide them and support them. It's, it's a lot of work. And if you do it and well though they become useful by the end of their internship. Right, right. And not only that, but it's like, they know what they're doing. Right. Whereas like, you can get some interns and you're just like, do you remember where the fax machine is? Like, I really shouldn't have to tell you where the fax machine is every freaking time you're here. Like, I, I don't need to get up and show you where the fax machine is. I had an intern who accidentally, and- she was a really good intern, by the way. Like it was not for lack of, you know, being decent at her job or at her role, but I had an intern who accidentally faxed like an extra patient's referral to a nursing home, like that didn't belong there. And the nursing home, because they were assholes, like they said, oh, we've accepted this patient. And she was like, oh, no, I'm so sorry. That was not meant for you. That was meant for another nursing home. You know, it must have been in the back of your fax an accident. Mm-hmm. And instead of saying, oh, OK, no worries, I'll shred it. They like reported her. And then um, I had to go That's through. So like a, right. And then I had to go through like a training class on how to send protected health information. I'm like, I didn't fucking do it but she was my responsibility. And so like, and, but again, like I didn't put the numbers in the fax machine, but apparently I was supposed to check every single, like, so the hospital doesn't really get that. Like a social work intern is pretty independent. Once you get them going, like Mm -hmm. they -hmm. should require, you know, yes, I signed off on all her notes. I read every single one of her notes. Absolutely. But they're still pretty independent. Like they have to be able to do the job by themselves by the Mm -hmm. time you're done with the semester. Mm -hmm. And yeah, so they did not get that. And so I had to take the class myself and I was like, whatever, at least it was one time, but yeah, it was a pain in the butt. Well, I remember, um, so my unit that I worked at where I met Meredith, um, there was a social worker that was working there prior to me and she really wanted my job, but they didn't hire her. (laughs) And they hired me and they asked this person to come in and cover me for something. And it was like, I had to train her how to do the work. I'm like, wait a second, hold on. You were doing this as like 
kind of a side gig, like PRN, you know, just so you could have something. You wanted this job and now I'm having to train you how to do my job? Yeah, probably because they weren't really good at it to begin with. Yeah, there's a reason you didn't get the job. Right. But it amaz- it amazes me, like, no, don't get me wrong. There are complex cases. There are complex things that we do. Oh, but yeah. for the most part, if you can talk to somebody, you can do social work. Right. To be able to make it through a day, right. You just say, hey, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm here to help. Tell me what right. I need to do to get this patient out the door, right? Like whatever the case is. Yeah. Right. Right. But there are people, um, there are people that just don't, they just don't get it. So like the person I was saying about how like I cheered her on through the whole time and nobody set her up. She was like, when I go out, like she did get another job and working as a social worker. And I was like, these are the things you need. She goes, why didn't anybody tell me this? I was like, these are the things you need. Like, I will buy them on Amazon and send them to you. These right. Are the you need. It's like, nobody does that anymore. Yeah. Like the first thing that I was told, here's a tip. And we may have already given this tip out have a resource book, like make sure you have a book with frequent numbers, business cards, flyers for facilities, um, the flyers that you use on a regular basis or like forms that you use on a regular right. basis. Collect all that information, hoard it. Hoard it and hold on to it. I have stuff from mm-hmm. 2011 and could I throw it out? Yes. Am I going to? No. Why? Because I still have the phone number. The phone number has not changed for that facility. That phone number hasn't changed for that organization. The contact person may, like the person that's on the card, but the main number hasn't. And you can say, you know, I I stumbled upon this. It's something that you may not think to use as a resource. Right. I have them for, I have a book for each county. Yeah. I have worked in because it's easy to access them, but nobody tells you these things. So, right. You're a social worker or considering the field of social work. Make connection because I mean, how, how long ago did I reach out to you because I needed a contact at a, at another hospital? Right. Three other counties. I was like, I'm like, I need somebody but I didn't, I knew a main number, but I wasn't getting through. So I'm like, somebody's got to know a, a social worker in the biz over there. Mm-hmm. And I reached out to Meredith. She goes, hold on. She reached out to somebody. It was literally like yes. a phone thing. And now I have two Six degrees people. of separation. Yeah, exactly. I have two people at that hospital now that I have their contact number mm-hmm. and they have mine and they're right. And they're helpful and useful and they're good at their job and they're free to call you if there's something that they need from you and vice yep. versa. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So I had yep. an intern that was afraid of clowns, like apparently deathly afraid. She was very high maintenance intern, like bless her. She was very willing and eager and wanting to please but she was just a lot high maintenance just she was just a lot and it drained me so much to the point that my husband was like I can't like what's wrong with you like I would get home and I had no patience left for him 
And, you know, these men, they kind of need a lot of patience. And so I was like, I can't keep doing this. Like she, I had to learn boundaries. I had to learn not to get sucked in. You know, it was a good experience. I learned to not get sucked into her drama and her, what, and I'm not talking like personal drama, like just her, the way she turned everything at work into drama. Like I just, it was tough. But it's hard to pull that away, especially if it's your intern, you're like stuck to them like blue. Yeah. Yeah. It was a good, you know, lesson in, in uh, boundaries and everything too. But so for Halloween, one of the OTs at the facility that I worked at, at the rehab dressed up like a clown for Halloween. And he knew that she was afraid of clowns. We were, you know, we were all friendly and coworkers and talked and stuff. And so he came in thinking it would be funny. Oh my God. I almost had to send her to the ER. Totally backfired, didn't it? Yes. It was not funny. She like curled up in a ball in the corner behind my door to the office for like 45 minutes. And I was like, okay, well, can't do this again. <laughs> like, please don't come near the office the rest of the day. And he was, he didn't do it on purpose. Like he was planning to be a clown. Then he found out that she was scared of clowns. Then he thought it'd be funny to stop by my office, but he really did need to stop by. Cause he had to tell me about a, a recommendation for, you know, whatever for this patient. And it just went haywire. Yeah. It's bad. I still remember her face. It was like white as a ghost, like no pun intended, hence the Halloween, but it was bad. Well, I, I remember like, I'm so, okay. I can feel her on the clown thing, but like, was it like a nice clown? Um, he was very big and she was probably borderline classified as a dwarf. Okay. And he so wasn't was like, a creepy clown. See, I can't do creepy clown. I can no, do like he happy. Was, he was a friendly-ish clown, but he was such a big dude that like... Yeah, like, that's a lot. Of, it could be lot. intimidating. Right. Right. Yes. Totally not about interns, but did I ever tell you that my next door neighbor was a clown? <laughs> oh, like a hospital clown? Um, so she didn't work Remember the hospital clowns? Yeah, I do remember the hospital clowns. Those were those. I actually wanted to be one. One one of the girls that I work with was one. Oh, cool. Um, But um, no, my neighbor was like a clown that you hire. Oh. She was she was a respiratory therapist for a facility, but she was a pediatric one. So we're talking the ones like the Medicaid beds patients that children that are forever on tracks that Uh, don't go home like yeah so she to kind of make life fun because that's so hard to take home every day she you could hire her for parties (laughs) I came home one day and she was dressed to the nines in her Halloween and like her yeah and I didn't know she was a clown until that night and I'm like I pull up and we were in a townhouse so it's not like I had my own driveway like we shared a driveway she oh, was legit no. my next door neighbor and she's walking her dog and she's got her like and I'm like what what the fuck is oh, this fuck. 
So of course I made a comment on her really cool. She didn't wear clown shoes. She wore like, they were like sketchers, but they were like bedazzled. Okay. And they were actually really cute. And I love fun shoes. Like, because we had, you know, before we could wear scrubs, we could we wear like dress pants and stuff. I'm like, yeah. I never wanted to wear anything like truly fancy because of the gross rooms. So I always wore like kind of fun shoes to make my day feel a little sparkly. Right. I wear fun socks. Right. Exactly. Like it's yeah. just to kind of make you feel better, right? Yeah. So I admired her shoes and <sighs> she said, well, what size do you wear? <gasps> no. And I was like, um, an 11. <laughs> like, I should have said something so extreme. But then I was, like, so caught up in the conversation. Like, I was, like, so floored that she was this, like, clown that you just hire, right? Yeah. And the next day, I had a pair of sparkly clown <gasps> shoes at clown my shoes. door. <laughs> oh, my God. Was she trying to recruit you to be a clown with her? <laughs> I did try them on. Um, they were a little tight. Generally, I would try to make it work, but Milton was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> no way. He's like, just tell her they don't fit. And I'm like, I don't have the heart. <laughs> He's like, you have to. You are not keeping me. <laughs> <laughs> they are not coming in my house. They were legit, though. Like, they, they were like, yeah. Yeah, I would have totally worn them to work because they were comfortable. Like they were soft. They were like that sketcher feel, but they were yeah. too tight. But yeah, we used to have clowns. I loved that. They did away with it. I don't know why. Yeah, you know, I, I think people were getting scared. I mean, I I believe it. I had a I had a cousin. I mean, I still have her. She's alive, but I don't go to her house that often. I felt like me saying I had God a rest her soul. <laughs> I did not like going over to her mom's house because her mom kept all of her clowns there. And uh, they were that, um, he wasn't creepy, but he had like the white paint. Well, they all have white paint. And like, they always had like the black sagginess. And like, he's in a lot of, he's a famous clown. He's like a very famous clown from like the 60s or the 70s. Oh, okay. and he always wore like a black jacket and like a red flower and it creeped me out. I was like, I can't uh, do these. Like she had so many of them. It's like walking in a, into like a store or like a, a house with dolls. Yeah. And they're all like staring all the at you. Dolls, but yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Those houses kind of creep me out too. Yeah. I can't do that. My so mom I all like that. I had a like fresh out of school type experience. I was fresh out of interning for, you know, like the third time you have to get hours um, when you get your license, which of course at least was, um, at least I could get paid for those hours, right? At least I was able to right. hold down a job while I did those hours, but I was I still felt inexperienced, right? Until I was completely done, not, and who, heck, I thought that when I was completely done and I got my license that I would feel more experienced, but it didn't really help. Just FYI, sorry for anybody out there that thinks that magically once you get your license, suddenly you're going to know everything. It doesn't really help. 
it's just time that helps. But here I am, you know, still younger and still thinking that like, oh, once I get my license, this is going to be great, blah, blah, blah. And I'm going to be so much better. Yeah, I mean, yes, you get smarter from studying and learning and thinking, critical thinking, but it never gets like super easy. So I'm fresh out of that. And I'm seeing my first client like on my own in the office for individual counseling. Because once I had my license, I could do individual counseling. And he comes in and I looked through briefly his history. Now, mind you, this was back when there was still not electronic charting for um, every aspect, right? So I know the medical stuff went electronic first, but then like psych and behavioral health, they didn't go electronic for a long time. Uh So this is still a while ago, but it's back when. And so I had read through a lot of his chart and he had been in the system since he was a teen and he had multiple like juvenile charges and convictions. He had multiple hospitalizations as a juvenile. Like he wasn't um, like he had like rule out diagnosis of like antisocial personality disorder. Couldn't follow the rules. Like just very difficult. And now he was an adult and he had had a couple of run-ins with the system that I could see since he became an adult, but he was like 2021, 20, not super old. And now he was like coming voluntarily for treatment supposedly, but he was there for meds too. And it was, it was kind of confusing, but I kind of was able to chronologically follow kind of his childhood stuff. So he gets into my office and he starts telling me that, um, he's got this problem and he really needs to discuss it with me. And I was like, okay, well, let's do some history first. And then we'll, you know, we'll be able to talk about your problem and make a treatment plan. He's like, no, I don't think you understand. I have to talk about it now. And I was like, okay. So he starts telling me about his penis and about how, um, I mean, this is an explicit podcast, right? So hopefully we could say the anatomically mm-hmm. correct words um, and about the issues that he was having with it and how once something started, then it had to be completed to the end, even if, you know, the people, there were people around him or that there was, his, he was out in public or all this weird shit, right? Like just really weird. And I was like, okay, he's like, look, do you want to, and it gets so noticeable. Watch, I'll show you right now. And I was like, no no, you won't. No, mm-mm. no, thank you. No, thank you. And so like, I like turned my head. I mean, I was trying so hard to play cool and to just like, r- literally I wrote a bio about a penis, like a 45 minute bio, like biopsychosocial whole history. I, all I could write about was the penis. Cause every time I'd ask him a question, he would just defer back to his penis. And so being fresh, right? Like brand new, had just been interning like my first client on my own of course had never had to write a bio about a penis in my internship right why would they ever like give you this right why would you ever have to have to do that I feel like they should warn you about that though um so there's your warning if you're an intern you might have to write a bio about a penis um apparently I learned that day that there's like an emergency button that you can push that like when you're in your office by yourself, that will alert like your coworkers around you and security and all this stuff. And I had no idea. Nobody freaking told me like, that's like my second day, first day on the job. And so I'm like, Oh, good to know. I never had an emergency button. Well, I had a private office though with a door shut oh, with a true. client. Man. So I feel like a panic room. Yes. So <laughs> I, w- I actually was able to like instant message 
like my coworker on the other side of the wall and be like, Hey, something's weird. Like, can you come and knock on the door and check on me in a little bit? And so she did, thank God she didn't have a session. And so she came and knocked on the door and I said to him, Oh, I'll be right back. I just printed your treatment plan. You know, I'm going to go pick it up and I'll, I have to help her for something. I'll be right back. And I like came out shaking, right? Cause you know, you're holding it in, you're holding it together. And like, I wasn't really nervous. I, I don't know. Right. It was just all those emotions, like stress and whatever. And I was like, I don't really care. Like he's welcome to show me his private parts, whatever. Like I'm not interested, but I, I was a little nervous that he was going to overpower me and try to do something inappropriate. Right. Like here I am in an office, like the door is shut. Like they're very heavy doors in an old building. Like it's not, you know, so in the end, I was like, I'm sure I could make enough noise that like my coworkers would figure it out and kind of help me. But at the time I didn't know there was an emergency button. So like, there were so many unknowns in my, and they're like, why are you even continuing on with the session? I was like, I don't know. We're like a public health system. I didn't know I could turn somebody away. We're not like a private office here. So I thought, you know, if they come in, I have to treat it. Right. And I think he might've even been court ordered at some point. And so I was like, I didn't want him to like fail his court order. Like I wanted to help. And they're like, no, if he's being inappropriate, you just kick him out and you can tell him he's welcome back anytime. We're not going to, you know, turn him away. After you've written 45 minutes about his penis. Right. After I wrote a treatment plan and a biopsychosocial about his penis. Yeah. So then I went back in and I was like, all right, well, this has been more information than I needed. And if you're having a problem with your erection and it's lasting more than four hours, I think according to the commercial, you're supposed to go see your doctor. (laughs) And, and then I said, and I'm setting you up for your next appointment with a male, because I feel like it's inappropriate for you to have these conversations with females regardless of he's like well I don't do well males don't understand I said well you have the same genitalia so they're gonna have to understand for you and they'll Mm -hmm. work on it and thank you and I hope I never see you again goodbye here's your treatment plan (laughs) oh my god Uh, see I like psych but that is too much for me oh well speaking of intern stories now this intern I'm still friends with today and he's actually now a coworker of mine really great intern and really great coworker, by the way, probably in my top like five coworkers. I believe he, I know this person. Possibly. Possibly. Um, he came, he was an intern when I was doing psych, and he asked if he could shadow in on like any of my sessions. And like, did I have anything interesting that would be a good experience for him outside like the typical, you know? Oh, I'm depressed or oh, I have anxiety kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, I had a lady who was possessed by demons who had entered her through her nose and yeah, they like, she was at the beach and apparently like they went up and they are now in her brain because they came in through her nose. And like, I really didn't know what to do with her to be real honest. Again, I was young and kind of new at this. And I was like, what the frick am I supposed to do with this? So, but again, I, I kind of relied on common sense. Like you said, if you can talk to people, you can kind of figure this out. Well, she lived in ALF. And when I talked to her about what she hated and what she liked about the ALF and stuff, she hated that she would kept getting Baker acted. 
And so I said, well, what, what's happening that makes you get Baker Act? And she's like, well, this and this and this and this. And I said, okay, so how about our treatment plan? Our goal is to keep you from getting Baker Acted, right? Because for you, right. qu- quality of life is not getting put in handcuffs and being taken out. Cause she's like, they always put me in handcuffs too. And I hate it. So she knew, right? Like she didn't have a memory problem. She wasn't demented. She just right. she psychotic knew. at times. Right. And so that's how we made our treatment plan. Like we literally built it on like her quality of life, like taking her meds and talking to someone if she was having some paranoid thoughts and, and, you know, being able to go get some fresh air, like whatever, you know, being able to get dressed every day, showering when they offer it to you. Cause you know, you feel better when you shower, even if you don't want to, like just, mm-hmm. you know, basic ADL type stuff almost. And, um, so I had brought him in for one of the sessions and he was like, oh, it's like, I never thought, I would have never thought of that. Like how you redirect like her delusion and her hallucinations into, okay. So if you feel like this is happening when you're, you know, in the dining room, remember you have to go back to your room. You have to turn on the TV. You have to distract yourself to help make the voices be quiet or the demons be quiet. Right. Cause I wasn't going to argue with her, whether she fucking had demons in her nose or not. Like right. that was a waste of time. She very well could have demons in her nose. I, it's certainly possible. Right. I mean, but so how do we control the symptoms and, and what the, the right. problems that they cause? And he was just like, that was so cool. But I have to say, like I had, it was one of my few times having an intern intern in my session. And certainly the first time ever having anybody this like psychotic, you know, in the room with, the intern and I had to ask her permission because again she's technically her own person she can make her own decisions she just needs a little guidance right and so she was like oh and then the fact that it was a male was a big problem because she normally requested female therapists and and didn't do well with the male staff at the ALF but I will say like he came in very um like submissive and very like Mm -hmm. you know calm and a good energy and a good presence and she like all but sniffed him like it was like a dog in the dog park where you're like okay let me walk around you and kind of look at you and eye you up and like I thought that she was going to maybe sniff him too but she didn't and then she's like okay he can stay and I was like all right well you passed the test apparently you don't have demons in your nostril (laughs) you have no demons they will not come off of your body poor guy plus he's a great guy and he was it was a good it was a good opportunity like one of my probably one of my favorite opportunities you know, I've had a bunch, but one of, one of my favorites, because you were really able to help someone who's learning mm-hmm. the field, even though I didn't think I was an expert, but like, just to help them think outside the box in that, like I was having to do it on my feet and in the moment, but that then was helpful to someone else in the future. Right. Right. Yeah. No, it's true though. Cause like you do have those, like I, I've, I've had people that have come and shadowed me and they, they ask like really good questions. You can tell mm-hmm. like they are really interested. Um, but you know, I, I think with certain fields, you really have to know where your, your niche is. Like mm-hmm. healthcare is not for everybody. Yeah. Like, I mean, I've had this conversation, like, it's like you have psych is not for everybody. You know, it's just, you have to find your niche. And when you find your niche, it's like you are now like the queen or king of that niche Yeah. and, and people know it and you own it, you know? 
but um I, you know I, i'm the queen of private investigation yes you are i can find anybody you can <laughs> we can find all of our listeners too no, i'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> maybe <laughs> what's that what's that like a pissed off woman does better searching than the fbi or something right oh yeah totally yeah. totally well we were having a conversation just you know because um i've been helping out um with interviews for social workers and for a different department and um because right now they don't have any and they wanted my personal opinion. And it amazes me, like, <laughs> you know, I, I always try to ask, you know, can you give me a particular case or a time where it was, um, you had to think outside of the box or you have to, you know, you wanna see how quickly like, they could think. Like, I can't quickly come up with like a, a scenario because Right. Even if I said this patient said this, this, and this, there could be 9,000 different ways somebody would handle it. And you cannot, right. you know, everybody has their way of doing it. But it amazes me to hear some of these complicated situations they were in. I'm just like, really? That's, that's what you're going with? Like, right. that's. You read that wrong. It's not the right solution. Yeah. 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 It's just, I don't know. I, I feel like some of these, um, now there are some out there and I'm not discrediting, but I just, I feel like there are some that are never, they're just not set up right. Mm -hmm. And I always feel bad for them because then when they come to me, I'm like, okay, forget everything you just learned. <laughs> right. Right. Like you, what you learned was a waste of your time. There's so much what we really do, not what the book says that we do, that you need to learn to be successful. I mean, we've right. hired quite a few interns like mm -hmm. that I had, if I would, by the time the time was up, like they would say, Hey, do you think we could hire her? You think she, and I would say yes or no. And they'd get hired based on my recommendation. Like if I really thought they could do the job and that they could learn. And, mm -hmm. and we hired quite a few, we probably hired probably three or four of like my I was seven say, or I eight can interns. Two or three that yeah. I remember. I would say 50% for us, which was a big deal, you know, being a small facility. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it is, you know, it's just interesting. Well, and the ones that come in and they've never done it, they've never done medical and they think they know everything. <laughs> and then you give them this case and they're like, I don't know what to do. Remember, remember our, um, what episode, I have to look again. What episode was it? The uh, cabbage episode, that was a good one. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So- I know that our listeners can't see you right now, but like the hairstyle that it appears that you have on Zoom is very distracting. Like I feel it looks like you have a pixie cut. Like that hair is like your only hair look like when you put your head up a little bit. Like it looks like you like how did like your it looks like you let Rex like cut your hair with the scissors and all that's left is like this little piece that's sticking up. I never even thought of that. I, just, I mean, when you turn to the side, it's fine. Or if the big poof sticks up, it's fine. But like, just right like that, like, look at right now, like it was very distracting. But do you know, so like in the nineties though, if I had, that was the hair. Head, oh yeah. This is how you would do it. Oh yeah. But the nineties is no longer, by the way, 10 years ago, look. the nineties is now like 30 years ago. 
these, yeah, and nobody. For Twenty-five. Understands. Yeah, it's like we still. Everybody wants to go back to the eighties. Like the eighties were good and all, but like the nineties are pretty amazing. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm definitely a nineties uh, girl at heart. See, it just really depends for me. I like the. I mean, I don't hate the eighties, but I'm definitely a nineties. Yeah, girl. I don't hate the eighties. I like. I am totally good with the eighties music and the nineties style. Yes, I would be okay, but I do love some nineties music too. That's tough. I like. I mean, that, no, don't get me wrong. Like, like the acoustic, folky pop that kind of became yeah. a little popular in the nineties, yeah. like that Sister Hazel and all that stuff. The other day, this is totally non-intern related, but um, I've had to do a lot of math lately, and that is not my. That's why I'm a social worker. Um, math is not my strong suit at all and I was having to do these numbers and like put all this stuff out and Milton was in like an all-day meeting where I just I couldn't focus anymore so being that we both work from home I like closed the door and I had um Alexa (laughs) playing 90s rap (laughs) nice and in the middle of it while I'm trying to because I could actually focus and my manager is calling me oh no and I'm like I can't get her to stop and um I'm like oh my god she's probably like oh lord what have I done to her gangster rap doing that right in the middle of it while you're doing that oh my god i'm like i'm sorry i'm sorry that's awesome especially when they don't listen to you the robots they listen about as well as the kids like right about half the time if you're lucky like unplug it and it's still going on like some battery reserve well and my tablet takes it up too oh no so like i have it from oh man totally off intern subject but just made me think of it well that's all my intern stuff I've got I think it makes a pretty decent um episode though about talking yeah. about a little bit of everything art interns being an intern you know interns that, uh, intern advice that we have right for interns going through all of this I think we covered a lot yeah definitely take notes on what to have when you yes go into your intern and if someone ever gives you a card or whatever save it don't ever throw it out put it into your database of people and things and stuff and yeah and you know what I started using too is I started using my outlook like even though I have Mm -hmm. like all the stuff like I have like the paper saved yeah I have the card I also save it on my computer because there might be a time where I don't have that resource in front of me. Right. And I'm like, Ooh, I have that saved. Right. And then you can have somebody help you get it or find it or yeah. Yep. Yep. And I've reached out to people on my LinkedIn that I have connected with over the past years that have worked for like a home care agency or something. And I've reached out and be like, Hey, Mm -hmm. does your company still do X, Y, and Z? And if so, can you give me the number? So utilize your LinkedIn. You may not be looking for a job necessarily, but at least utilize that to make some connections. Yes, those those connections are not a bad thing. And they're usually willing to respond, like you said. Mm-hmm. 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 Yes. Well, if you have any funny or interesting or weird intern stories, 
um, like, you know, your interns afraid of clowns or they put their feet on the desk or yeah, you know, they just do random things like that. Um, definitely comment on our post when we post it this week and certainly send us an email or a Instagram message, or I think we even tried to start a TikTok. We'll have to see how that goes. Yeah. Um, we, I think we have a TikTok page, but we haven't quite figured it out yet. Yeah. Uh, we got to figure out a way to do the um, new uh, fancy song. Yes, we do like that at my house. We'll have to get Halloween masks and uh, yeah, Halloween costumes and try and pull that one off. That would be fun. I'm All right, that. guys. Well, thank you for listening. This is, I think, what is it? What episode are we? Like 16, 16 or something? We need to do something big for our 20th. Yes, I feel like 20 is a big milestone. Maybe we'll see if we can get a special guest or something. Or we bring our guests back for one big 20th party. Oh, that would be cool to have like all three of our guests at the same time. Yeah. Yes, this is episode 15 that we're recording and you're listening to right now. So yes, that would be fun. Maybe in episode five, we, or I mean, episode 20, we have our past three guests. And they can bring up their favorite topic or favorite something that made them laugh. Yeah. Favorite episode or favorite topic. Yeah. yeah. I and like stay it. Tuned we're going to get interactive. We need some feedback on our uh, IG. Yes. We posted some questions from the last episode, but we'll post them again this week as we get a little bit more active and hopefully y'all will answer them at least so we can have some other input or stories that we can kind of add into our episodes. Yeah. Oh, you know what? Tom's family forgot to interject before when we were talking about crazy interns. See? Tom's family couldn't be left out. Sorry. Tom's family cannot be. We won't leave him out again. We will never do that again to you, Tom. We apologize. Please forgive us. It's been a long long four-day weekend it has been my goodness all right guys well thank you for listening and we will um hope to chat with you in the comments we promise we will always answer them as soon as we can and we look forward to seeing you for episode 16 yep have a good night You don't have to be a social worker or medical helping professional to enjoy this conversation. Anyone from any walk of life can tune in. Do you have a funny story about your work as a helping professional? Email us at socialworkerwinetime at gmail.com or find us on Instagram at socialworkerwinetime. The H is optional, like in our logo, because we might be drinking wine, but it's not optional in our email address and on our Instagram. Come and tell us your story. We may share your story on our next podcast. That's all for now. We're going to go dance it out like Meredith and Christina. Cheers. Cheers.